And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bill Austin Radio Studios. It is 1 o'clock p.m. here in downtown Phoenix. I'm Gareth Kwok. I'm Edwin Press. And I'm Miller McKinney. And this is DTP. Here is the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today, we wonder. And yes, it is Dissecting the Pitch. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Bill Austin Radio Studios here in downtown Phoenix. It's Dissecting the Pitch. A little DTP here for you on this Friday. Gareth Kwok alongside my co-host Edwin Perez and Miller McHaney. Gentlemen, how are we uh, doing today, and how's the week been in general for you both? Uh, If we're talking money-wise and the parlays (laughs) did not go good on one end, uh, the other, uh, no, Miller might bring it up, but he had a rough night last night in the money, <laughs> money-wise. But, uh, I mean, we got some soccer going on right now. We're watching Leeds, some of Jerry's boys. Um, so that, that's going to be an entertaining game. And uh, me and Miller's teams are facing off this weekend. So uh, it's a lot of beef around in the studio. Yeah. Um, been an interesting week for me. <laughs> I was really sick. Didn't really feel that great. Um, I bet on American football, and they let me down. <laughs> so I guess I know where I'm going to stick uh, <laughs> all my bets now, and it's not going to be there. So I don't know. It, it's been a, it's been an interesting week, but, you know, we've got some good games this weekend. we got to see some good games during the week as well. So good stuff to cover, you know? Well, we, we sure do. But before we get off into our, our little rundown here, we, we, some get, somebody here celebrated the big 2-2, you could a say. Big the big big 22, Miller <laughs> McCain. Happy belated, my, my yes, man. How, how does it feel? I feel old. <laughs> I feel like I move slower already, you know. And I feel like there's one thing that's always been interesting to me, like ever since I got into college, when I like turned about 20 years old, I started realizing that I couldn't like eat as much or like – like extreme things that like I used to, you know, like yeah. the body's really been punished. The, the metabolism isn't there. It's just not what it used to be, you know, and like that, like it, it becomes more true like every year I feel like. And so this year I just, you know, I'm really trying to find some positives in this 22 birthday, you know, but. Well, well, yeah. hey, I, 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 I wish you weren't sick on your birthday, but look, you're aging like a fine wine, you know. That's what that's what they <laughs> Absolutely. say. Absolutely, he's like LeBron in his in his prime in his in his late thirties right now. You gotta you gotta cool. say. Well, let me tell you, Gareth. Not only did uh, Miller had to be sick during his birthday, but the young boys, the proud boys, had a little bit of a game on against Man birthday. United on, on his birthday. birthday. I know. And and speaking of young boys. You, you hype them up a little too much, Miller, because they they beat your boys actually two to one in the in the as we talk about UEFA Champions League match day one. Well, let's get into some of the notable games. Two one the win 
for young boys. United with only two shots, two on target, able to get the goal from Cristiano Ronaldo. We're going to be talking about him uh, in his Premier League debut later on in the show, but we're talking Champions League and young boys. The, the, the critical thing here when we were talking before the show, the red card from, from Aaron Wan-Bissaka seemingly just kind of put Manchester United in a funk. Miller, just your first impressions from this first match of the, the group stage. First impressions were um, United kind of look like a team that can right now stick to either sides of the extremes. So I've, while Cristiano Ronaldo's been there, while Sancho has been there, Varane's been there, I've seen them play very good in spurts and I've seen them play very bad in spurts. Um, but there's always, with these type of players that they've brought in, there's always a threat uh, to score goals and score goals very quickly and they did that you know on the start of the game and it looked like it was going to be an easy game for united but uh, a bad challenge from awb kind of cost us the game um, because you know you can't play 60 minutes with a man down that's almost impossible to do in the sport um, but i i just thought you know it was a really bad challenge but i think the referee probably shouldn't have given a red card i think a strong yellow card would have been better i'm obviously a united fan so like that's <laughs> tough but like i don't know when you when you kind of affect the game that much when you give somebody a red card in like the 30th minute of the game like you have to know like what you're doing to affect the rest of the game so like i think that if they were just a little bit more mindful about that and should have let them play on with the yellow card I think it would have been probably a better game. Well, definitely a better game, but um, I don't know. You know, I thought that it was just a all around just a weird game to watch. There was a lot of subs, a lot of questionable things happening on the United side, and you know, young boys—they're not a bad team. There's a reason they're in the Champions League, and there's a reason why they've had really good players before, like Mbabu and guys like that roll through because, you know, they do have some talent. So if you give them an opportunity like that, they're going to take it. I mean, I think Miller did a great justice there. <laughs> I can't do uh, add too much, but, uh, I mean, last week we mentioned how the young boys is probably one of the better teams of Pot 4, and I think they kind of showed that. You know, you can't take a game lightly, and obviously they took advantage of the opportunity to give it to them. Now, if Man United had the full 11 on the field the whole 90, I think it would be a different result. We'd be talking very positive about this Man United team. But obviously, you know, given the circumstances, you got to take advantage of what you're given. And the young boys came out with a, a crucial three points. And uh, I think Man United still will recover. They'll be fine. I think it's just that team just needs consistency. You know, they need consistency in performances and just a better form overall where they don't have to rely on Ronaldo to get the goals every time. I mean, it's it's a great asset to bring Ronaldo in and have him scoring in, on the form he is, but he needs to have, you know, people come in and, you know, help him out. You know, Rashford's coming back slowly. And, uh, uh, he's going to come back soon, sooner than later, and you need him to score. You need someone like Jesse Lingard off the bench and not do the mistake that he did and actually provide good minutes. So it, it's all about getting that, the whole squad going going well rather than someone like Varane you know who has his spurts or someone like Ronaldo who had his little time here and there it's it sounds like it's definitely a bit of a wake-up call you know and I guess you, if you're gonna have a loss like this you'd rather have it be the very first game rather than game four or game five of the of the group stage so maybe you, maybe you get this one out of the way kind of regroup and re recollect for the next next game ahead for Manchester United which they're going to be playing a Villarreal team in two weeks. So let's now move on to the next matchup from this past week. Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. Edwin's boys here. 3-0. <laughs> 
Bayern Munich with the victory. No shots on target for Barcelona. And remember, this was a Bayern Munich team that in the in the knockout stage didn't have a Robert Lewandowski due to injury, but he's back and he already made his uh, his presence felt once again this uh, this week against Barcelona. He scored a goal, and so. Mr. Perez here, Barcelona is just not the. It's just I don't know what to make of it for for from your standpoint at least. I mean, I think it was expected. I think everyone knew that this Bayern team was going to be too much for them, and I think this Barcelona team's focus this year is not necessarily on the Champions League. I mean, I think for them it's an imperative to get out of the group, because I mean, other than Bayern, they should be able to pull some results and all that, but. I think for them, they just went too defensive, and that's something that even Laporta, the president, is very mad about because he said it's very small team mentality-like, which is very true. I mean, you go into a game like this, you're supposed to be one of the best clubs, you're supposed to be a big team, and yet you're playing super defensive, hoping that they don't attack you, and you know, you're kind of sitting back. I mean, I granted, they're not the same squad, the one that can't compete with Bayern right now, but you can't be showing that kind of weakness. I mean... Playing a three a three five two, you know, having five defenders behind the uh, a lot of defenders behind the ball at all times, and just hoping for Pedri to carry that midfield and do magic is too much to ask. And I think they just played it played it very wrong. I don't expect them to even you know compete in the next one too too well, but I'm expecting a better a better performance out of them because as you mentioned, zero shots on target is just I mean inexcusable. And I mean Ter Stegen, he only can do too much, man. <laughs> Putting the team on his back. Yeah, for real. I mean, I don't know. A perfect win, you know? I mean, it's kind of what we all expected, to be honest. Like, you looked at this matchup and you knew it was going to happen. Um, and to be honest, it, I, what I told you guys earlier when we kind of talked about it on the on the walk over here even was that, you know, when you watch this Barcelona team, it just it looks like nobody's having fun out there when they play. It looks like everybody, you know, is getting pressed and everybody's, you know, pointing the fingers at each other and yelling at each other. And it just it looks like a really bad team dynamic. Whereas on the other side, you know, you have Bayern Munich, which is probably the most perfect team in the world right now. When you look at them, every single one of those players knows their role. They fit together well. They all like each other. You know, they've been playing together, you know, for a few years now. Uh with the same pretty much starting 11 that they've had and they they just they know how it works and they know what's going to work and they know what they need to do to get it done so this was just another example of that well i'm sure having lewandowski back and i mean remember this was a team that that breezed through not not the last champions league but the champions league before that and now they get him back i mean you could still make the case that this is i mean it, it's not even you can make the case they are a team that can really go deep again and potentially win that final again but Edwin, I'll go back to you because we you mentioned expectations a little bit, and we talked about a little bit before the before the show too, just about expectations for Barcelona, how they've always been so high, but now no Messi, and this is a clearly a, a new sort of a regime and new sort of chapter in this team. But what do you think should be reasonable expectations for this team moving forward? Um, I think uh, competing in the league, you gotta you gotta be in the top two. I mean. I think they should even pull it out. I mean, listen, this Real Madrid team is is really good, and this Atletico Madrid team is really good. But I think their focus is going to be also competing in the Champions League because, I mean, 
Real Madrid obviously got the big result, 1-0 against Inter, their biggest competitor, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But they got that result. Then you had a Let's Go Madrid team who's, I mean, they just added Griezmann, and you know, you saw what they did last year. So their focus is going to be on all three things, With while Barcelona can hone in on the league and maybe the Spanish Cup. But even the Spanish Cup, they should be able to do pretty well in, even if they're not focusing on it. So you, your focus is on the league. I think your focus is on truly saying, hey, what is our future of our team? Is that without Ronald Koeman? If that's that's the case, which I think it should be, we need to know what manager is going to step in and what players we're going to get over the summer. We can't, They can't just be relying on you know some signings here and there and just kind of trying to guess, which is what they're doing. Because as Miller said, they're trying to still figure out their role. Eric Garcia and all them. I mean, they're going to be good because they have a lot of good young players and players from the La Masia coming up and everything. It's just figuring out Who's going to be in the future? If not, they're not part of the future. Start selling people, which they started to do this summer, and I gotta give them respect. So, but the expectation, at least with this season, I think is competing with the season and competing with the Spanish Cup. You gotta win one of those, and I think you might ultimately end winning up both because I think a team like Real Madrid and Atletico are going to be threatening in the Champions League this year. Yeah, and I think that's that's when you combine all those sorts of factors. I think it's going to be interesting to see. What, what what plays out here in, in 2021-2022, Miller talked about it. It's a team that it, it's right now it's still dealing with that kind of the aftermath of what the events that have happened. But let's now move on. Club Bruges versus PSG. This is the first game with Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe, the MNM, if you like to call it now. <laughs> and uh, ended up actually as a draw. 1-1 the score. Uh, yeah, the, and when you have all three of those guys at the front, it ends in a draw. But uh, impressions, it seemed like there was a big... I mean, uh, w- would you agree that it was almost like a little overreaction to the whole like, oh no, they 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 drew? Like, come on, what's what's going on here? What 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 do you guys make of it? I just think that even if one of them played, they should be able to beat Club Bruges. Nothing against Club Bruges. I mean, listen, they, they're in the, they're in the Champions <laughs> League for you know specific reasons, and I'm not nothing against them. But you have probably some of the best players and probably the best trio in the world, and you're only able to get a draw. I mean, it's just disappointing in, in that factor. But you also got to remember, these all three of them have to figure out their new role within each other. I mean, this is why Mape almost left to Real Madrid, because he doesn't like being the number two or number three in a team. And he's going to have to embrace the role in a sense, you know, because I, I know Messi's not going to take a number two role or number three role in any squad he's in. So it's all about figuring out that squad, uh, figuring out what how they play with each other, but also... Verratti and how important he is to that squad is is tremendous because I mean that midfield, uh, you know, Miller, it's Miller's favorite talking point about PSG. It was weak, um, and yeah, I mean when Verratti's in there though, he's pre- he's performed well and he stepped up big, and it was, that was a huge missing part of the last game. So that's something of interest to move uh, to watch moving forward. From top to bottom, I could rip this team apart, um, but I, I just first I want to start with. I, how do you even concede a goal against this team when you just signed Donnarumma, Hakimi, Sergio Ramos, and, you know, you're adding them to guys like Marquinhos and Kimpembe and, you know, pretty good defenders back there. How do you even concede a goal in the first place is my question. Um, so I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, from top to bottom, it's just really bad performance. The midfield, you know, of course, the Manchester United boy gets it done for the team you know puts on for the squad and herrera scores the only goal for this terrible team but um i i don't know man you know like edwin said it's it just one of these guys being out there should really 
you know, be enough to be able to be a team like this. You know, all of these players are world class and talked about being, you know, some of the top players in the world, and none of them proved it, you know. And it's just one of those things where we're going to have to wait and see. Like, it's, it's going to take time to tell if this is really going to work out or not because, you know, on paper, this should be the best team in the world. Yep. And they're not that, you know. So it's just – it's really – kind of disheartening to watch a performance like this um, when they all started together for the first time when you really think something is going to go really well. Did you guys see on maybe social media at all Michael Owen's comments about Messi? I did, yeah. They said he's costing the team. Well, here's what he, here's what he had to say, and I, I, want, I want, you know, your reaction if it's, if it's cap or nah, basically, is, is what I'll, I'll say. He says that, as, quote, as much as we drool over them, this PSG team with those forwards, they're all phenomenal players in their own right. Uh, but three together makes it weaker for me, and I don't really understand why they're one of the favorites for the Champions League. I think the English teams, he's referring to Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, and Man United, are far, far superior. End quote. This is Michael Owen, one of the, one of the best Premier League players in history, or strikers. Um, no, what, wonder what, what, no wonder he's a little biased with the English teams. <laughs> it's a little crazy, isn't it? Fair enough. Um, I mean... It's it's just cap. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you have the best player in the world, and that's gonna make well, you worse. Arguably, arguably, but okay. Even doesn't if, have the goal scoring record. But okay. Somebody on the other side of town does. You're right. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's if if you're a Man United fan or Portugal fan, you think Ronaldo's number one. But if if you believe that, then Michael uh, Messi's number two. He still is gonna make your squad better. I mean. It's like when LeBron went to Lakers. Oh, they struggled early on. They're never going to do anything. And then look what happened. They won a title, and everyone's quiet now. It's the same situation where they react and all that. It's it's literally the same situation. I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot of help when he first got there, you know. But that's like another, you know, that's like another thing. But my my thing is, I can see where he's coming from, and the the one tactical difference that I can kind of agree with in his argument is that. You know, none of these players are going to buy into any sort of defense ever. Yeah. You know, those top three are just not. Neymar never has, never will. Mbappe, you know, he's still kind of young. He's got a lot of heart, you know, so you can <laughs> see him kind of sprint back on defense a few times. But Messi, Messi's past that era too. He's not going to yeah. go out there and play defense. And it, it shows, man, because, he, you know, Michael Owen is right. A lot of those English teams, they have guys, especially like Liverpool, that – you know, they buy into a defensive scheme and they understand that, you know, they have to press and they have to move certain ways to win the ball back and be successful. And PSG just doesn't have that. So it's kind of like when you play PSG, the the other team is going to be, you know, running down their throats and they're not even going to have to worry about getting past the front three. They're already, you know, into the defense every time that they have the ball. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, you know, it's it's a pretty decent argument, but... I just don't know if it'll hold its weight in water because, you know, the amount of offensive ability that this team now has compared to, you know, and it, and it's like, what what is your other option? You put Di Maria in there instead of Messi? I mean, how, how is that an upgrade? How does that make them, you know, like not weaker? So I don't know. We're getting a phone call here. Uh-oh, keep, ta- keep okay. talking, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. It's just Captain Bean. You know what? Let's go to the next match because I think uh, we right, talked about ahead. that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah let's so go we'll, to the next one. Uh, Liverpool-Milan. I mean, it's a it's an intriguing matchup because we mentioned how important that group is. And we saw a, a very interesting game. You know, we expected it. I mean, this Milan team obviously is not the same Milan team of the past, but they're, they're rebuilding. And we said we were impressed with them and they're going to be threatening. So, obviously... Liverpool got the result, so I'm gonna push it off, off to you because I'm I'm the host right now, I guess. While Gare figures out his life over there, uh, <laughs> what was your takeaways from that matchup, Miller? You know, I to be honest, I'm not surprised at all how this match went. I I think you know Milan are a really good team, and they've been kind of in the rebuild stage for the past few years. And this off season, last off season, they've started acquiring guys that have played Champions League football before because they knew they could make a run at getting back into the spot. So they added that kind of talent that has had the experience at this level. And they've, you know, they've showed up in their first game. They, they looked like they were going to take a tie. They looked like they were going to get some points out of this game. Um, of course, that didn't happen. But, you know, without even Ibrahimovic playing, I, Ante Rebic is a pretty good striker, he you is, know. And, and this team is a good team. They've, they've got good guys on the outside and the middle of the field. And I think that this team's potential could only go up the more that they play in Champions League. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think for them it was just they allowed too many shots. You know, you give a Liverpool team 20-plus shots, I mean. Oh, yeah, you're asking. You're to asking to lose. Like, I think, I mean, there's still, as you mentioned, it's not something that they're going to be depressed about. You can hold your head high because you almost performed, you almost got a, a draw against them. You did well, and you only got eight shots away. And, you know, to get two goals out of that, it's impressive. So, you know what, you you learned a lot from this game, and I think they're going to take it forward and be a, be a threatening uh, team in Group B, but also you know got to give credit to Liverpool. Obviously, Milan's going to be a big threat, and they uh, took care of business in one way or another, and still got the results. So you got to you got to give credit to both teams in this game. Okay, I'm back. Sorry, <laughs> I I do not know who that phone call was from. It was Jackson Zuber. Oh, was it? Yeah, he's texting me about of it. Course, oh, of course, of really? course. Yeah. Good old Zubes. I I I I gave him the opportunity to 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 call in. He didn't he he didn't respond though. But that's okay. Uh, that that's enough Champions League talk. Unless there's any other games that caught your eye. We did. I did put Real Madrid one nil win over Inter there Boring. on the list. <laughs> you know who got it done there? Kamavinga. Just real quick, like, yeah, footnote to that oh, yeah? game. Yeah. You know, Kamavinga came on, made the difference. You know, he assisted the winning goal. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, you don't say. I, um, I, yeah, I, I didn't know he's such a. You, I didn't know you love him so much, huh? I, you know, people sometimes they, they get surprised when I say things like this. You know, they they don't know where it comes from. It was a nuts assist. Dude, it was really nice. It was a really it nice. Really nice. Had money on that game too. There you go. There um, it, even sweeter, right? Yeah. yeah. Before we move on, because I know you want to get going on to the Premier League. Uh, I do. There's two games that I got to highlight. It's okay. Ajax. Coming up big, we they wore the Bob Marley inspired jerseys. God, that's <laughs> automatic lock. <laughs> automatic lock, and we mentioned how Sporting's a good team. It's not a team, and I think we both picked them to move on. But this IX team said, "Hold on, now we're 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 a team." You know, we we let go a lot of players, but we still can perform well. And they did it, you know, with a five-one result. And another game uh, before we move on was Sheriff. We mentioned how it was going to be interesting. It was, it was an interesting team. We know Shakhtar, get, you know, they get results here and there in the yeah. Champions League. But a team like Sheriff, we're, we're just seeing it for the first time. To go out and get a 2-0 win in their first Champions League game, in a, it's crazy. It's really just impressive. crazy. Really impressive. Impressive. So props to them. That, that's what I needed to say before we moved on. Did you see that UEFA banned the Ajax because they had those little birds on the back of the jersey? Yeah. 
that was oof, man. Uh, yeah, me and Jerry talked about it. And I said I really wanted that jersey, but am Even, I still going to be able to get the birds? Because if not, then I'm not going to get it. You know. <laughs> well, you got to get it because then it'd be a collector's item. That's what I'm saying. That, no be... other Bob Marley uh, jersey is going to have uh, the the birds on the back or by the neck, man. Such a cold jersey too. It is. It is. Well, let's move on. We got some uh, Premier League here on dissecting the pitch. Gareth Kwok, Edwin Perez, Miller McKinney here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. Let's touch upon real quick just Miller Ronaldo's debut. Very highly anticipated. I know I I, I was texting you about it. You, you seem to be having a good time because uh, <laughs> United won four one and Ronaldo had a brace with two goals. I mean that that probably had to make just Old Trafford that whole that the whole that fan base just electric, right? Yeah, I mean, what more could you really ask for? You know, you, you get the player that we've always wanted to come back. He comes back and he scores two goals in his debut. I mean, I guess you could have asked for a hat trick, but I, that's just being greedy. At, at, <laughs> you at can't complain. Point. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. But they, going back to what I said earlier, this team can look really good and this team can look really bad, but they can always score goals at the drop of a hat. And that's what happened in this game. There was moments of – there were spans of 10 minutes where they looked really good. There were spans of 10 minutes where they looked really bad. Newcastle actually played a pretty decent game, but when you go out and face, you know, Sancho, Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandez, Pogba, and all these guys, they're going to find a way to get some goals, and that's just what happened. Yeah, I mean, he, he, put, he put it perfectly. When you have a team like that going against a Newcastle team, who, I mean, Leeds are currently facing – that have not performed well. I mean, I think you're gonna get fireworks. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a big return, and you know, Ronaldo made made his uh, return with tappins, but nonetheless, he got his goals. Uh, you got to give him credit there, and you, you know, he started off very well. So, you know, it's it's gonna be an exciting Man United team that are gonna be threatening in the Premier League, and they got to figure their stuff out in the in the uh, in the Champions League. If not, they're joining West Ham in the Europa League. Right, right place, right time. Well, let's <laughs> let's move on quickly. Let's let's talk a little bit about Arsenal. Very, let's touch upon Ooh. them because uh, I know this. We haven't talked about them a whole lot, but there's a lot of storylines with this team. Mikel Arteta, and we talked about it last week for those that didn't listen. But Miller was sort of you know foreshadowing if they don't win versus Norwich City. This was for last week. If they don't win, Arteta's gone. But Arsenal Absolutely. ended up winning that game, their their first win of the year, one nil. At, uh, versus Norwich City, but Miller, <laughs> maybe they, for Arsenal fans, they 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 don't they don't want their team actually to win here in this case. Oddly enough, yeah, it's a weird situation. You know, they all the fans are fed up uh, with management, and they've decided you know to get behind the we want Arteta gone bus. <laughs> so it, it's interesting to see. You know, I, it sounds like. It, it, it seems like this, this could right itself. You know, we've seen this happen a lot of times before. You know, a manager comes in, they don't do re- too well, and the fans, you know, they get fed up with it because, you know, these Arsenal fans, you know, they're used to seeing good teams, and they haven't seen one of those in a long time. And it, it seems to get just worse and worse with every transfer window that they have. You know, they keep wasting money on these players that don't pan out. And... It's funny because it actually seems like Arteta might be able to thrive in this situation um, because everybody wants him out. And as soon as they started talking about this is the game that if he loses, he's gone, he's started winning games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's won the last two. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it seems like, you know, this could be a situation where, you know, everybody wants him out and it seems like he's on the way out. And now he decides he's going to turn it on. <laughs> so let's let's I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how this situation pans out. And there's a big transfer uh, kind of rumor that I saw yesterday that, you know, Lacazette is still kind of linked to Juventus right now. Juventus. Ooh. So I would be interested to see how something like that pans out. And to be honest, you know, I just I, – I don't even know what to expect from the starting 11 moving forward. So, like, it's all just going to be news to me, and I'm going to take it in and be a spectator <laughs> like everybody else, but I'm going to enjoy it. It's the hottest seat, really. I yeah. mean, it's just – there's no other way to put it. But uh, they responded well. I mean, as, <laughs> as, as Miller said, they responded well to the hot seat, but – um, I, I just don't think any Arsenal fans can be happy. Even with their good response, I mean, like, what's the long term? You know, this Arteta, Arteta squad just doesn't work. You know, as much yeah. as you want to put it, they just don't work. I mean, they they can go on their little run here, but how long is it going to last and how sustainable is it? Uh, how sustainable is it to have have this kind of result? So, um, well, to have this team playing this way. So I really think that this has got to be the hottest seat. Uh, and it was going to be very interesting to watch on All or Nothing this season. So I'm, I'm Ooh, looking forward to it. That's true. Is there is there a, maybe somebody out there that you think could be a viable replacement? Ronald Koeman. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ronald Koeman, the Barcelona manager? <laughs> oh I hope so. <laughs> he needs to leave. You want to <laughs> just a little... Swap, no. swap the managers right there? Oh, no, I don't want Arteta. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Mourinho was available for them. That'd oh, yeah, be crazy. I do because you know Arsenal fans—they give everybody you know the <laughs> stick about it, and now it's it's like you know it would have been their turn on the carousel. But <laughs> I don't know who who is who would be their option really. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I'd have to look into it because I don't know. This Arsenal team needs a a Nogglesman. If obviously he's not available, but they need someone like his structure uh, structure who's young and can build with the team and has a great future now someone like Jose Mourinho is going to come in and win one trophy and ruin your club during your time <laughs> but hey it'll be interesting to see I mean all or nothing would be great with Jose Mourinho Antonio Conte no Eric Ten Hag from from Ajax I'm just I, this is just from a candidates uh, candidates page on on the internet but uh but that's the first half of dissecting the pitch we'll be back with the second half we'll be back with some predictions from the Premier League right after this break Sing it, boys. And you're older. I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom. Just like a wave and fly. What a better way uh, to open up the second half of Dissecting the Pitch here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. You need to, you need to change up your music a little bit, brother. Hey, hey, hey. What's what's wrong with a little wave and flag, uh, man? Listen, it's an amazing song, but I feel like we need to hear you sing You'll Never Walk Alone. A little bit on Forever Blowing okay, Bubbles. All right, all right, all right, glory, all right. glory, man. Okay. United. Okay. All right. Glory. You know what? Uh, Edwin's got Ogs for next week. Yeah. Let's just Let's just put that on. Uh, oh, you know, okay. Well, during the break, I did look up some more uh, some more betting odds on the next, next Arsenal manager. This oh, is from yeah. Betfair okay. odds. Yeah. Brendan Rodgers, 6-4. to four. Oh, wow. 6-4. to four. Eddie Howe, 9-2. Eddie to two. Howe. Antonio Conte, 5-1. to one. 
They have Graham Potter at six to one, and then even Steven Gerrard, Stevie G, sixteen to one odds. Oh, that'd be interesting. Steven. Yeah, Stevie G. I well, mean, that's just food for food for, for thought for you. But that's <laughs> well because his current club's not doing too hot right now, so he's trying to get, upgrade himself. Yeah, but ASAP I don't really. know if he's going to ours. I don't ours. know if he would, but I mean, if the opportunity presented himself, Stevie he may, G he may do it. Nah, he may well. Pull it. Or Wayne Rooney. Where's the Wayne at, bro? He's still playing for Derby County on the weekend. Derby County. There you go. He's getting the Saturday Rec League action in there. Uh, let's let's return back Premier League real quick. We weren't able to get into predictions last week for the Prem, and so let's let's. It's still real early in the season. Everybody's still finishing their third or fourth match of the year. So I think it's still you know well better late, better late than never. What? That's still very early. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's why well, I'll, I'm going to ask these two fine gentlemen here. They're top six, uh, and they're, and they're, if they want, they're bottom three. I mean, you know, why not? We did it last year. Uh, <laughs> um, top six, do, do you guys just want to go rattle off one by one, six, six five, all the way up to one? Oh, we're going to go in order? Um, sure. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, do you, are you ready, Miller? Yeah. All right, I'll go number six then, and then we'll do a snake draft. Um, number six, I'm going to believe in Tottenham. I know this is going to be a little shtick, but I think Tottenham are going to have a good year. I think Harry Kane's going to respond well, but I don't think they're going to hit that top. Uh, they're going to hit the Europe, and I think uh, it's Harry Kane's little goodbye to the, to the club before he moves on. Give me worst ham at number six. Ooh, okay. I'll, ta- I'll take that. <laughs> I'll be hitting my bet. <laughs> All right, what do you got at five then? Dude, at five, it's you know, tough. It's you know. tough, dude. Um, give me, man, dude. I can't decide between two of the teams, but I'm gonna go with like a kind of a surprise here. One that like I don't think like probably will do it, but like should do it. I'm gonna give Everton number five. Interesting. Okay, I like that. I like that. But I'm not gonna go with that. But uh, it's a it's a great pick. Uh, number five, I'm gonna go West Ham. I think they get another Europa League spot again, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. But I think this the club is doing well. I think they just need to get more wins than draws. And but I think they're situ- situating themselves for a good uh, number five again. Oh yeah, then I'll go back to me, huh? <laughs> snake draft. Snake draft. Snake draft. <laughs> uh, number four. This is where it gets interesting because I know we're probably going to say the same teams, but we don't know the order. Don't know the order. Uh, I'm going to go with oh, – because I'm trying to think of Champions League as well. But I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go Liverpool. At four. At four. I'm going to go okay. bold. I'm going I'm to be okay. bold and say that this Liverpool team is good, but I think that uh, they're going to focus a lot on Champions League, and I think that they're just going to have their slips and their, their question marks, which they had here and there last year, and I think it's going to show up again this year. Okay. Four for me, I'm going to go United. Okay. Because this team has yet to play another big team with the new additions. That's right. So I think they're still raw, and no one really knows what's going to happen when they play teams like Chelsea or Man City, even Liverpool. When they play these other teams, I have no clue what they're going to look like. So I'm going to kind of put them at four because I think it'll take them a little while to – actually get going on what they're going to do um and then at three i'm going to take i'm going to take chelsea at number three okay 
I think, you know, they had a really good season last season, but I just don't think that they're going to win enough games to be number one. You know, they can keep the clean sheets, but I don't know if they can get as many wins as they're going to need to win the entire league. I like that. I like that. I have number three, Chelsea, as well. Okay. Okay. So, uh, three, Chelsea, and I have Miller's boys finishing at number two this year. I think that they're going to have a great year. I I think they just missed out because I think this Man City team is going to – have a great year. I mean, right now, obviously they lost their first game, but they're going to bounce back. And I mean, that squad is just so deep. But uh, I'm going to have Man U at two, and obviously that leaves Man City at one, which no shocker. So uh, what, how are you finishing off your list over there? All right, I'm going City at two, and I'm putting Liverpool at one. Oh, and the wow. reason that I'm doing it this way is because, especially after this last week, I saw one of the most interesting things that I've seen in a while – Hmm. Uh, in the soccer world, which was Pep Guardiola asking for the fans to come out and support the game this weekend. Really? Yeah, Yeah. against Southampton. Yeah, it was very interesting. He said that the team needs a boost. He said that the team, you know, they've played all the games and they've done what they need to, and he's asking for the fan support because the team needs an added boost. Now, why do you think he's asking that? Is it because the fans don't travel well? Yeah. Nor is he. I, either that or there's something going on in the squad that we don't know about. That's, that's also a good that, point. That is, that is something that is suspicious. And so that's, that's kind of my thing is, you know, Man City, they don't have, I wouldn't say they have the best fan base in the world. And I think that, you know, especially in the Premier League, that matters a lot. Um, and if it's a team that's kind of fatigued right now and in a bad way, then I think that, you know, they're, they're a team that's going to win games, but I could see them dropping some points if this is the case. And I think that Liverpool is one of those teams that, you know, they've had that great home record since Klopp has been there. And, you know, all the fans travel well. I think that they're going to win a lot of games. You know, they, they can score goals. That's not a problem. And they got some of their defense back, I think, over time. They'll kind of solidify themselves as one of those, you know, more extreme, more explosive teams in the league, and they'll be able to get more results than anybody else. And I feel like there's got to be a deeper, there's got to be a deeper storyline to that because when you when you start asking fans to come out to the games, well, there's first of all, there's gonna be fans that won't take that very, they won't take yeah. that very lightly. They'd yeah. be like, hey, why don't you go back and coach the team? That's what they yeah. said. That's how they responded. Yeah. They oh, yeah. all said, we want <laughs> you to do your job. So you deal, you deal with you, your guys, and we'll deal with us. Yeah. But yeah. That, that's a, that's a weird rift for a team for Manchester City, right? right? Yeah, it was yeah. a very interesting plea, but uh, I think uh, it's it's not, nothing much is gonna come out of it. I think, yeah, I'm I, interested I, to see that turnout. I think <laughs> I think there'll be a decent turnout. I just don't think like. I think that was, it was going to be a one-time thing. Pep is going to realize he shouldn't do it again, and you know we'll move on. I will wait. He's yeah. been, you know, he's been a great manager for a long yeah. time, and we've never seen him with any of the teams that he's ha- that he's had have to worry about something like this. He's never said anything like this before. That's true. So like, it also like starts to make me wonder, like, is it a money issue? That could be also it too. I think especially with how much they spent over the summer, and they're, they're trying to get a number nine. And that's what I've been telling people, you know, is like they're, they're a team that, that goes out and they spend money, you know, on all on all these players, and half of them don't ever play, you know. Ake got his first Champions League goal this weekend after his dad died, That's a, is kind that, of a sad that's story. A, it is a sad story, but... Yeah, but I mean... I, but you know, like I said last week before he scored the goal, he, he hasn't played he hasn't played ten games. 
Yeah. So I so I mean you know and they spent forty million on him two years ago. So it's like you know it it might be interesting to see if that that's kind of catching up to them a little bit. Yeah. That that is a I did see that story on Ake about him yeah. scoring his goal or I, or you just have to feel for the kid. Well, whoever he's you know still in his early twenties, right? Yeah, and he yeah. already lost his his father and he scored a goal and on the biggest stage. But I think I saw that, I think I saw that quote where he's like, "This has been the hardest stretch of my life." Right. Just yeah. like I mean. Can't imagine. He's the kid's our age, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, it would be a tough thing to deal with. I couldn't imagine. And shout out to to Ake out there for for performing under the under those circumstances, under the pressure. But you know, that, you're listening. Yeah, that's the that's the Premier League, and let's now move on to. You don't want to hear our golden boot. Okay, what's your what's your who's your golden boot then? Romalu. Oh. <laughs> I think Romalu has a season to remember, man. I think uh, the the. Penandis is not going to keep his lead. Antonio, he's going to fight for it. But uh, I think Lukaku shows up big, and that's why he's in my. Uh, they're in my top three. Um, yeah, I'm curious to hear what you are, but I also want to, you know, for, for the show record, Norwich City, Burnley, and I think Brentford are getting relegated. There we go. I just had to do both of your ass Thank there. you. If I was just a total thumb, then I'd just tell you Cristiano Ronaldo, but, like, I'm not a thumb, you know? So, like... I'll give you Mohamed Salah. I think he's going to be golden boot winner. I mean, he scores a lot of goals. You know, there's no reason to stop now. So, Mohamed Salah. I mean, he's he's off to a good start, off to a, a nice start for for Liverpool. Um, but that's that's those Premier League predictions. Thanks again, gentlemen, for that on on, on short notice. I know that was a that was very uh, difficult for you to come up with. Absolutely, I know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's now talk about the golden boy. The golden boy conversation, which goes to the best young player, is under 21, I believe, under 21 or 22. 21 and under. 21 yeah. and under. And um, they released the short list for this award, and it's got a couple of couple of names. Jude Be- Bellingham is one of the, the headliners for this, as well as uh, or Bellingham from Dortmund, Pedri from Barcelona, at Camavinga, who uh, now with um, with Real Madrid, he's also headlining this list. But some of the uh, other names that we can talk about, Mason Greenwood from Manchester United, um, who else is on the? Who, who else can Gio Reyna for Borussia Dortmund also on this? It's a forty man right now. It'll be it'll be continue to be shortened down a little bit more. Bukayo Saka from Arsenal, as well. Um, Pedri. Pedri. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fitting. You're forgetting the favorite. There's one guy that I really like that I don't think will win it, but I like him a lot. Okay. Jeremy Doku. Yeah, he's nuts. Plays for Ren. He plays for the Ren. Belgium team. He had a really big international um, campaign. No, but he's Belgium. Huge. Yeah, but he 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 looks like he could be really really good in the future if he like if he finds a good place to go and sit. Like Rennes is like a really good uh, place to grow some youth talent. Like obviously Kamavinga just came from there, you know, and he was their best player. Yeah, but I I think that if he you know spends a little bit more time there and then he finds a decent like, not like a top top club but like a mid level top club like if he went to a team like I, I don't know like a West Ham and Everton or like maybe even like a Sevilla or something like that like if he could find a decent team to play some European football with, he could be really really good. I think he should go to West Ham, but uh, I when, bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was really good over the summer. I mean, when he watched Belgium, you noticed him. I think he stood out uh, quite well, and he was the reason why they were threatening at times. But your boy's <laughs> on here too. 
Uh, you talking about Pedri? No, Nuno Mensch. No, Nuno Mensch. Nuno <laughs> Mensch is nuts. You know, that, there's, this list has a lot of great, you know, youngsters yeah. and why it's a lot exci- of studs. And why it's exciting, you know, for football is that even when Messi and Ronaldo inevitably, you know, hang it up one day, there's still gonna be a lot of exciting players to watch. Yeah. But uh, you know, my you a- you're asking who will win, who should win. I think the answer is the same as Pedri. Um, yeah. I think just. The man just put un, ungodly minutes, and and he was he was very good. I mean, there was obviously games where he dropped a little bit, but when you play over seventy games in, in a year, I mean that's that's just crazy. I mean, he put over a thousand. Uh, I'm reading it. He put he played over a thousand uh, one hundred minutes between the Euros and Olympics. So summer alone, he put that much time, and he he looked very good, and it was a big reason why Spain was successful. Then you look at what he did in Barcelona. I mean, he's one of the reasons why I think Barcelona fans have a lot of hope and, and they're excited for the future because they know they'll have him in the midfield. But, I mean, he, you just got to give credit to him and what he's done. But, I mean, you got to also, you know, shout out to Jude Bellingham. I think that's his biggest competitor for this award. I think he did. he's he's done well in Borussia Dortmund. He's He's been in good minutes and he looks like he's going to be exciting for the future as well. But And obviously Kamavanga, I mean, he's coming on the scene. He's going to play in Real Madrid and he already got an assist in Champions League. So that's huge. But, I mean, when it comes at, at the end of the day, I think Pedri is going to be holding up that award. I don't know. I, I I think Pedri should win it. I think if there's anybody that's going to rival him on it, it's got to be Saka. Bukayo Saka. I, I think that's the other guy that could really win it, um, especially, you know, with England and everything, what he's done um, and what he continues to do for Arsenal and that terrible team. Um, but there's a lot of, there's, you know, there's about, you know, around 10 guys that we could probably put on a list on here and say, these are the guys that are actually like probably going to win it. Um, you know, the guys that play on some of the bigger teams that make bigger contributions more of the time, but I don't know. It's a really good list this year. You know, we, we've seen a lot of names and I feel like, you know, it's become more youth centric sport. So every year I feel like we see more and more of these kids come out and everybody says, you know, I'm really excited to watch this guy play, et cetera. So I don't know. I think that, you know, especially some of the guys on here that like we mentioned that don't have as big of a contribution yet to some of the teams that they're on could still be really good, even yeah. if they don't win this award. Absolutely. And this it's nothing against them. I mean, Let's be honest, as much as, you know, it's nice to have the Golden Boy Award, that does nothing for you, you know? It's just an award, hey, you, you got it, but more, everyone's more uh, interested in what your future holds, you know? Like, as much as Kamavenga, you know, is not going to win this award, I mean, we know how bright of a future he is and what he's going to mean yeah. to Real Madrid in the future. So, I mean, you can't take away. I mean, obviously, you want to win the award, but at the, at the end of the day, you don't win it. You still got a bright future ahead of you, and this list is crazy. And as I mentioned, this is just going to be exciting for the future of the sport. Uh, I, I, we actually have a uh, – I, I, the phone rang. We actually have a special guest here. Uh, Miller, we're, we're celebrating the 22nd birthday here. And uh, Christy, are you on the line here? Can you hear us? Yes, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I never thought Hi. this day would come. There we go. This is this is uh, happy birthday, Miller. He celebrated his 22nd earlier on the show. He said he was a little sick, but we got we got Ma- Miller's mom here on the show. Christy, how are you doing? 
I'm good. Thanks for inviting me to the uh, circle time with you guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you do it, Miller. Awesome. How Miller? Miller is it? Uh, Mama's here. <laughs> so, uh, Chrissy, you can you can uh, you can say whatever you want to to Miller to wish him a happy birthday by chance. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. I am sorry. Uh, the beginning of the week basically sucked for you, but I hope it uh, gets better. I um, I want you guys to go eat afterwards if if y'all have time. But I I. Won't take up a lot of the time. I just wanted to. Um, I have a Premier League prediction. Uh oh. Oh. Uh oh. Yeah. What, I predict that? that. Yeah, I predict that Manchester City will win the Premier League. <laughs> oh yes, let's go. It's a great prediction. I like that prediction a lot. <laughs> it's a great he, Miller's prediction. taking off the headphones. What's what's yeah? That, is what, he walking out? Is he, he walking he, out? He was, he, was, his shoulders? he was close to walking out. <laughs> okay. All right. He's probably hanging his head down and shrugging his shoulders and kind of pouting a little bit, maybe. But y'all write that down, and we'll see if I come close. So. Absolutely. Okay. Great pick. I, I believe That's in the pick, pick as well. I, I love the, you got any, any last words right. for, for Mama here? Uh, it's, it's no, I, I just you know. appreciate y'all. Let me call in, and, and thank you guys. I, I think y'all are a great group, and we enjoy listening to y'all weekly. So um, thank you, and y'all have a great weekend. And happy birthday, Miller. We love you. Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Love you too. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I won't embarrass you anymore. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. You never think your two worlds will mix like that, you know? Yeah, so that was been in the works that for was... a while. <laughs> we, we had to get your mom on the on the show here for your birthday. I, Come I, on now. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, I respect the move, you know. <laughs> yeah, by the way, uh, you had no idea. Zero clue. There you go. There you go. I thought it was going to be Jackson Zuber on the other side of that line. <laughs> I know. That's why I saw your face. You were smiling a little bit. I was like, uh-oh, he's about to get embarrassed. <laughs> and when he heard the voice, his nose ball just going down, he said, uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh. He said, uh-oh, look at what these boys did. I think it's just, this is a great Surprise segue. substitution. A great yeah. segue into uh, Miller time and his picks for uh, this weekend. Yes, we got 10 more minutes left I on the like, show. I feel like if Mama Miller gets it right, she should get a Super Jack jersey, you know, <laughs> Jack Grealish jersey to don around the house just to rub it into your face. Uh, she her, can have one of Griffin's yeah, jerseys. I was about she to doesn't say. ever wear them, you know. Um, her, is a De Bruyne jersey? Yeah, but I, I don't know. It's a good pick, you know. It's a good pick. I respect it. But she has more. I know. Yeah, she she does have the more confidence, or she's got the one. You got the two there. Yeah, yeah that's true. I and you know, I I don't know if a lot of people that are listening to the show. I don't know how many people really listen to the show. I've always kind of wondered <laughs> that. You know, I always kind of wondered who really tunes into this thing besides my mom. You know, and um, and our and our all of our family members. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and my my question to the audience is, how familiar are you with the word rattled? Because. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> because that would describe me right now fixing to give you these picks. So I have a couple picks that I wrote down for this week. There we go. And uh, I'm really excited to hear Edwin's. I'm wondering, you know, what, what he's going to come up with. You know, he's a little bit on the other uh, end of the spectrum in terms of, you know, <laughs> solid picks because, you know, there's some interesting ones out hey, there. Don't worry about it. But, um, okay, so a couple picks I got for you guys this weekend. Burnley and Arsenal are playing each other. Uh, we talked about, you know, we talked about Arteta and how he's been on the hot seat. And I don't want to say that this is the game to get it done because Arsenal, you know, are traveling to Burnley. Burnley, a tough place to play in the Premier League. 
And yeah. I'm saying, you know, I'm not sure who's going to win. I think a tie is imminent, but I'm going to take the under in goals. Okay. Ooh. I think there's only going to be one goal scored in this game, Max. So take mm. the under in goals for sure. Um, moving on to another game that's very near and dear to me and Edwin's hearts. United and West Ham. Uh-oh. We're going to go on the other side of the coin, and we're taking the over in goals this game. Okay. United are coming out ready to thrash after they lost <laughs> to young boys. You know Ronaldo is just waiting to come out here and score some goals. What's the what's the, what's the, the over-under in goals that, right now? I believe it's three. Three? Oh, nice. 3.0. So it's Antonio Hattrick coming in. Looking for four. I believe, hey, I believe West Ham, you know, I believe they can get a goal, but I think United, they're going to pour it on this game. It's Uh-oh. all right. You're going to be in for a harsh reality on Sunday, but it's all right. All right. We'll allow it. We'll allow right. it. We'll okay, we'll allow it. Okay. We'll allow all right. it. Maybe a little side-friendly bet. Who knows? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we'll uh, see where that confidence how is. How about this? If I if I lose, I'll pay for a master class of a year for you. You're funny, huh? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. $180. Uh, $180 down the drain down for Gareth Kwok, ladies and gentlemen. So, Gareth, I'm asking, if I was you, I would take some of that money and start putting it on some of these picks to get that money back. I got to recover my losses real quick. If Masterclass is listening here, I need a refund. <laughs> I need a refund. All right. My, uh, my last pick here. Um, before we get real crazy with it, is Aston Villa and Everton are playing each other this weekend. I like a tie in that game a lot. Ooh, okay. Um, Everton's been playing really good as of late. Aston Villa not really playing as good as they did last season, obviously because they're missing out on one of their best players. But nevertheless, they are a decent team. I believe they're playing at home, so I think a tie could be a really good bet if you could sneak a little bit in there. Not bad. And when you got two minutes for your Ooh, picks. I got some time then. He huh? does. He does. All right. Well, Uh-oh. I'm going to go with the obvious ones that I know I'm doing. On a Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> this time, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to whip out any any streams you can find of Al Saeed SC. <laughs> Xavi's team is crazy in Qatar. They play tiki-taka like Barcelona wish that they were playing in I mean the way that they uh, they they're performing is crazy. So I got El Said SC beating Al Rain. Uh, I mean, just you gotta get the money line on that. It's a crazy game and it's okay. a crazy yeah, game. You can definitely watch on regular television. It's on your cable, absolutely. Well, guess what? I'll tell you one thing that you can pull out Saturday, four p.m. Pull up your ESPN Plus description <laughs> and let's get ready for some USL League One match. Right? Oh, Not even the USL. Oh. We're going below the USL. Yeah, below the USL. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The Chattanooga Red Wolves are, are facing they the North the Carolina club team. Uh, no, they could be. <laughs> They're facing North Carolina FC. You got to pull out on the Chattanooga Red Wolves. They're oh, off to no. an impressive start this season, second in the league, and I think that they're just going to show up again. So, got to get the money line on Chattanooga. And finally, uh, that morning, Russian Premier League. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you a, love it's the a Russian Premier, Premier League, League, man. I mean. I just love the name FC Ufa. I mean, it's just a, they're going to be FC uh, Kimki. 
I mean, you look at Ufa, I think that team's crazy. We're going to be talking about Every them. Every team's crazy, according to Edwin Perez. Yeah, absolutely. FC Ufa is going to have a I, crazy Where does game. he find these teams, dude? Where does he find <laughs> them? I, I don't know. Search the world. <laughs> search the world. Every dude. corner. I need to the, look into his search history. Just like wacky n- soccer team names. No stone left unturned with this man. Absolutely. I'm trying to make people money. I'm trying to get Gareth his $180 from the master class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> There might be some hands thrown for Masterclass <laughs> at the end of this show. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Dissecting the Pitch here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and on our social media at Dissect the Pitch. But for my co-host Edwin Perez and Miller McKinney, I'm Gareth Kwok saying so long. We'll be back here next Friday, 1 o'clock p.m. here. So get your calendars marked for next Friday. But for now, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Leach Drew.